Hello and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Baseball. I'm Joe and as always I'm joined by Sam. Hello. 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 Uh, so we're now in the middle of a lockout. Or well, it might not be the middle, it might be the start or the end. We don't know. But we're in a I, lockout. I think it's not the end is what I go with of that one. Uh, yeah, so um, I mean a lot of deals were squeezed through just beforehand. Um, and we are going to give our opinions on those, whether you want them or not. <laughs> well, if you don't want them, I guess, you know, don't listen would be the thing with that, wouldn't it? Yeah, or you can give us your opinions in the comments. Yeah. If we have comments. Do we have comments somewhere? There'll be some comments somewhere you can find. I'm tweet sure us. Yeah, any of those. Tweet us or... Um, or email us, or use the contact form yeah, on the website. Yeah, email us actually. Yeah, if you want, to, if you really have a really strong opinion about it, uh, go on the contact page and send us an email. Yeah, um, I... and we'll get back to you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> anyway, um, it's quite a long-winded start to this podcast. So let's uh, actually start talking about baseball. Yes. Do you reckon? We had um, well, well, it's really interesting because we had like a. Um... NBA NFL style free agency period for the first time kind of in a long while in baseball didn't we like just everything yeah. happened because they had this sort of deadline that wasn't actually a deadline but they were all up against a, a clock to a degree that um yeah I don't really know who that gave leverage to I think we spoke about in the last pod that I thought we were going to get a bit of this that some players are just like we don't know what's on the other side we'll sign but there's loads of people who are clearly looking for a lot of money who haven't signed as well yeah well and and a lot of people that were looking for a lot of money and got a lot of money yeah so they're not they're not just settling really it's like they've got actually got huge contracts um so yeah i mean i don't know since last time i think the biggest move has been the mets really haven't they since our last podcast oh um, i don't know oh i don't know well they've got scherzer yeah. i was gonna got scherzer and three other players but the Texas Rangers rebuilt their middle infield yeah, for five hundred um, million dollars. I know. I'm still going. I'm still going Mets. Maybe. Oh, I, I think I don't know. I, I like four players who are going to be like. I mean, Marte's going to be starting every game. And Escobar and Canna are going to be playing a lot, aren't they? The, the Rangers also Rangers. got John Gray and Cole Calhoun. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, it's close. Yeah. Those are the two big moves anyway, but let's talk about the Mets anyway. For now, because... Um, that's how, that's how uh, US sports media works. We, had, we do have to talk about the, the coastal yeah. cities. That's the rules. Particularly if they're in New York or Los Angeles. Yeah, um, and if, if they hand out the, literally the biggest contract of all time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Max Scherzer, three years. What do you think of that? I think that's quite a long time, don't you? I didn't think he was going to get three years. I didn't think he was going to get three years when he got traded. And when he dropped off towards the end of the regular season and then, see, what was it, did I call it a dead arm, was it, that he pulled out of a playoff start? I yeah. really didn't think he was going to get three years. Um, 
and it's not just three years it's three years at over 43 million per year yeah when which is miles clear of any other average annual value when he's going to face seven next year yeah he's he's a historically big deal um and he's i mean he, he's a historically great pitcher so i guess that kind of makes sense um yeah but I'm, i was amazed i was amazed they went three at that number that, that's the combination, I think, that really yeah, surprised me. I was expecting, I almost thought, like, two years, 100, 100 million for two years could have been a thing. It's just, for some reason, just that third year, it just, like, makes me feel a little bit uneasy about it. Um, yeah, I think the length on these things always does, isn't it? That's often the, the, yeah, the qualm. At that age. But, you know, um, I mean, they now have Max Scherz and Jacob de Grom. On top of that rotation, so you hope they they can be good, but you never know, do you? With the that should mean they're a four hundred team, shouldn't it? At least, yeah. So they good. just win, yeah. They win those starts. Um, although for a long time they kept, they were losing a lot, weren't they? When Degrom was pitching, yeah, they're they're, they're when he was historically great. So you don't know. But the thing I'd say with the Mets is that so often they're now going to have um like the biggest payroll in baseball basically next year um and supposedly they're, they're still going to spend assuming this lockout ends at some point um but they need to because again like having the degrom and shares thing is incredible they also i know syndergaard hasn't pitched in two years but they've lost syndergaard and stroman who i guess will come on later has gone yeah and they tried to get stephen Matz, and steve cohen had um what can only really be described as a grown man's tantrum on the internet about it. Um, and like, yeah, having two of like the greatest starters of all time is one thing, but that's, uh, that's a lot of games that they're not pitching in, in the regular season. Yeah. Who else have they actually got in their rotation at the moment? Uh, it's me and you, I think, I think me and you are pitching game three and game four at the start of next season. Cause it's also not like you would have thought they're going to go out and spend a lot on free agency again. Taiwan Walker, who's coming off, I think he was he was strong last year, wasn't he? Yeah, Carlos Carrasco. Guys, okay, so they've got Carl, okay. Carlos Thanks. Carrasco injury stuff again, though, isn't it? So, yeah, I mean, that's not. Carlos Carrasco pitched fifty three innings last season at six ERA. Then and Trevor then, Williams. Other than that, is what they got this Tyler McGill, David Peterson. Um, it's not it's not enough is it so you you need the depth in the high minors as well but you also need like four and five that when the season starts you're not just shrugging and throwing your hands in the air yeah um yeah there's not really that much they've still got they still got gzelman around well he doesn't start anymore does he but he's is he still under contract with them no idea Uh, yes, he is. He's third year of arbitration this year. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, he's got like one or two more years. To him as well. But anyway, yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy that before had been a bit of a swing man, hasn't he? That one of those guys that will be on the major league roster all year and give them some starts, maybe. But yeah, it's... I don't know. To be honest, the fact they've got Carrasco and um, Taiwan Walker, I thought it might not have been as good as that. 
Yeah, I forgot about the Crasco thing, but partly because he was worse than a non-factor last year. Minus one war. Um, there's a lot they need to do with that rotation. I think it's hard not to be... Ex- well, you've got to be excited about Scherzer in 2022. Scherzer yeah. de Grand, incredible. Walker as your third guy is pretty exciting. Beyond that, I guess, it, yeah. It, 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 as always, like we said about with the Dodgers or you make comparisons with the Premier League, it depends how Steve Cohen is going to go about this. Because if Scherzer does drop off, I don't know who's the next big name starter or if someone has another big year and hits free agency. Do they just get another one? Like if Scherzer becomes a three and a half ERI guy, that like because we don't we there's not a precedent with Cohen and this ownership yet. It's unlikely, and other teams aren't doing it. But there's nothing in baseball to actually stop them just going fine. We're going to pay our rotation alone. We're going to pay that like 170 million. They could do that if they wanted to. And uh, the way Cohen has behaved so far makes me think that like maybe. Maybe they, yeah. maybe not 170, but maybe they do pay 130 million for their yeah. five starters. I mean, I'd say maybe their what they did very quickly with their um, position players as well sort of points to that. If they have a need, maybe they're just going to get someone. Because um, I mean, well, they signed three position players, and I've always sort of said for the last few years, you like look look at their lineup and you think that should be really good. Um. I guess now they are actually moving on from some of them. They're sort of giving up on a couple of them. Like, who is it that they're not going to be playing? Um, Dom Smith's going to get traded and Conforto's a free agent. Yeah. I think that's it, really. Yeah. And some of the other guys as well have, like, not been that consistent, really. Like, yeah. Them, they've had, they had, like, there were these young players that had a, came up, had a really good year. And they've now had, like, two or three years, some of them. Of just being a bit meh, um, and yeah, so that so now they're like, okay, we're we're going to sort that out. We're going to go for some try and test it guys, and maybe that'll work or it won't. But they're going to spend money on it and try. Yeah, they're not going to go down without trying. I mean, they they've thrown an enormous amount of money at this. Um, I don't know how much we want to go into like each of the individual signings because we've got quite a lot we want to cover. Yeah. But um, yeah, what do you think of them? Um, I like the Canna and Escobar ones. I think two-year deals. So they are, Canna's 26 over two years, Escobar's 20 over two. Two-year deals are usually quite a good length to, to go for, I think, because, um, well, it's like you can get, there's a chance you they, you know, you get one of those years, they're really good. And also if they get injured or, you know, they're just, and at some point something happens, and they're just done. You're not committed to them forever. Rather one yeah. year, it's like sometimes they're going to have a great year and then they're gone. Two years, yeah. I think it's like really good length for those kind of players who are both, they're sort of like consistent guys, but you know, all those sort of guys as well at some point, Maybe they just put together a really great year this year or something, and then they get to keep them the year after too. Um, so I like those and not too expensive. But the Marte deal, four years, seventy-eight million um, for a speedy defensive centre fielder in his thirties. I mean, how old is he? He's thirty-three already. 
Yeah. And he's just signed a four-year deal. I mean, he had a great year last year. A lot of it down to the 47 stolen bases, to be honest. I mean, only 12 home runs. He's not huge power at all. Um, it's like he's really exciting on the bases and gets on base quite a lot and a really good fielder. Um, but that is already like, you don't expect a 33-year-old center fielder to have that kind of speed and defend that well. So that you, last year almost seemed like an anomaly, in a way. Um, yes. You know what I'm going to say, don't you, about this one? Um, is it Lorenzo Cain? Lorenzo Cain, um, going into his age 32 season, signed 80 million and five years with the Brewers. Uh, he's heading into his last one, which I don't know. This is kind of the thing with baseball free agency. Why would anyone give 18 million to a 36-year-old centre fielder, which is what's happening for the small market Milwaukee Brewers next year? Um, he managed to clock 2.2 war last year, but a 95 OPS plus, which is not that surprising because he was an 81 OPS plus in 2019. So if anything, they can feel kind of positive about that. But it doesn't bode that well for Marte. Marte's got one fewer year, one less year, sorry, um, which is nice. But um, I feel like that is kind of what you're He's also a year older than when Kane signed that contract. Yeah, I feel like that's what you got to look at. I just, I just had a look on Canner's page as well. Canner even has a team option on that deal. I completely agree with True. what you said on, on all of that stuff as well. Um, the two-year deals are just like minimal risk, and then when you've got team option on the third year as well, I think Canner, um, Canner is already into his thirties. He's thirty-three in February. You don't want to go any. If you had yeah. a third year guaranteed, there's a risk that they just like stink in the place out soon. Yeah. Uh, this is just like, well, yeah, nothing to lose. And but, there's a yeah. really good point about the um, the upside for this year that you don't, if he's great, then it's like, oh my God, we've got one of these late bloomer guys. You've got some benefit from it. Whereas while the one years are obviously minimum risk, there is that occasionally you just see someone takes one of those and then I mean, they're too good and you can't keep them. Like the Giants, really. Yeah. As we always, always bring the Giants up anywhere. But, you know, that's sort of what's happened to them, isn't it, a bit? Kevin well, they've Gaussman. been the kings of the one-year deal, to be fair. They've been yeah. handing them out on I mean, that upside. It's worked well. out well for them, really, as well. But it's also like, you know, you get all of this um, this like production out of someone that, um, that they didn't have before. And it's like, okay, now they're gone. We don't get to have any more of that. Any more yeah. benefit themselves. Um, yeah. Okay, so... As you mentioned, I mean, we've got a lot of deals to talk about here. There's a lot uh, we could say. So should we move on to the Rangers, as you said, the other yeah, big movers? Um, yeah, so, I mean, Marcus Semien and Corey Seager down the middle now. It's an for, extraordinary roster, this. It's forever, really extraordinary. Forever, roughly. Yeah, basically until the world has turned into a fireball or something. I mean, Semien's seven years, isn't it? And Corey Seager is the deal that all of those shortstops are trying to get. The 10 years, over 300 million. You know, I really didn't expect Corey Seager to get that at all. The the 10 the year, like, well, like the Manny Mercado, Bryce Harper sort of deal, isn't it? He's got... Um, he was actually he he was actually pretty good again last year, wasn't he? I guess that's probably helped him a lot. Hit hit over three hundred 
I think being from the Dodgers, I think that being from the Dodgers helps a little bit. I know it doesn't work like that in baseball yeah. a lot of the time, but I think it has. It, it definitely give, has given his reputation a bit of a nudge. Yeah. I mean, he's also an 870 OPS career hitter. Like, yeah, he's pretty he, he special. Is actually, yeah, it's, he, he's actually had a couple of really good years. Or 2020, as we always say, it's very short. 943 OPS, though. But yeah, sort of have to take a pinch of salt. But I think when if you combine that with 2021, that's then like 630 plate appearances. That's basically a full season. 31 well, homers. That's the like big thing you hold against him, though, isn't it? Yes. Is that one of those is a full season, and you have yeah. to add in the mini season to get yeah. him to a full season? Yeah, that would be my worry thing. with this one. He's had injuries, and also I, he's a guy that I thought like after his first couple of years, I, he, he was on that tier of like you know Lindor, um, Correa, um, Mercado. Mercado was sort Mikado. of in that that, yeah. that generation of elite two-way infielders, yeah. Yeah, like, great, good defenders and hitters, yeah. And, um, I then thought, really, like, it was, he had had a couple, uh, had a couple of years that sort of thought, okay, maybe he's just not that guy. And, in my head, I didn't have him in that tier anymore, to be honest. Um, although this year, I guess, has really, like, pushed him back up there. I'm, I, yeah, I found him a difficult guy to judge coming into this because he had 2018, he was hurt. 2019, he was 817 OPS. And the gap between being an 817 guy and the 915 guy he was in 2021 is really quite big, isn't it? Yeah. Is it like, is it like good player to... I mean, yeah, 915 as a good defensive shortstop is like... It's ridiculous. MVP stuff, isn't it? Yeah, and eight eight seventeen as, and then there's the with the length of the contract is he's going to have to move to a corner, and it's like an yeah. eight hundred OPS guy playing third is. Yeah, because I mean he's not a huge power hitter, is he? He's so yeah, hundred six two game average, twenty six home runs. He's not. Yeah. Like Semien last year, he's. Or he's not he's like Mercado even. Yeah, he's not a guy that's going to like you know move to a corner and just become like a mass like a slugger in the middle of the lineup. He's like a really good contact hitter. But he's also defend like a good defender in a premium position at the moment. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting how that will age. But he is also um, the other thing is he's now you look at he's recovered his um, production a bit last couple of years, and he's still only a twenty-seven-year-old free agent, which is like very young. That's like the prime age, really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, this is the funny thing is if you compare him with his now his new middle infield partner. Uh, Marcus Semien has just turned 31, so they're they're actually going to be about similar ages when those contracts end, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like done deliberately, isn't it? Well, I think it's part. The thing with that is, so Semien looks like a late bloomer type. Last two full yeah. seasons, he's played in every single game. Yeah, and finished that's, third that's the other process. thing. Yeah, I, I've just seen that actually as well. Um, 2019 and 2021. 162 games each and 159 the year before 159 yeah. 2016 it's like he is yeah he's basically like an iron man that is now now started just hitting hundreds and hundreds of bombs but but he is also old basically like um 31 now and they've paid him for seven years this was interesting because yeah. this one happened it was a few days before maybe one day before i can't remember but 
it, when I wrote my reaction to this one was it was like, this is really strange. Paying a 31-year-old where you're going to have pain probably at the end of the deal doesn't make any sense. The Rangers are nowhere near good enough to be doing this sort of signing. And then they got Seager and then they got John Gray as well. And it's now like, oh, okay, so they're doing that, are they? Then the yeah. semi one is like, okay, they, they're still miles off, by the way. Like, I'm looking at a depth chart right now and they they need to do loads, like absolutely yeah. loads. They, they, they were not a team, team that you thought, okay, they're in a position. They're in a position just to add a couple of pieces and they'll get there. They're like, okay, we're now just going to buy a roster. They only just traded away Joey Gallo. Yeah. That's the weird thing. But if they, this if is... they had Joey Gallo as well, it'd look a bit different. Yeah. It would, but then so many of the other guys are still like, I'm not sure they're they're like positive players sort of level around their roster. Um, that's the difficult thing. And it is, they're going to have to spend more money for them to be like anywhere near competitive in that division. Uh, maybe swing a trade or two. I don't know, but like that that might that's one way they're going to do it unless they're going to have a three hundred million dollar payroll. But it, all it takes is one or two teams like this, and they're the surprise one here. Like the Mets throwing around cash isn't a shock, and it's not even that big a shock with the Tigers either. But all it takes for some of these contracts to go a bit crazy is a front of a organization like the Rangers have done here, where they do have money to spend, have like very little money committed going forward and decide they're just going to get players. Yeah. And it's suddenly there's another buyer in the market. And I wonder if that's just what's and, thrown some of these prices. I think up. them giving out these contracts as well. It's surely that pushes up the market for everyone else. It's like Corey Seager's got the 10-year $300 million contract. And um, Correa was looking for that already. And now it's like, you know, what, what, what reason can anyone have not to give it to him if Corey Seager got it? Uh, I, I know war is not everything here, um, but there is a very direct comparison between these two. Um, on baseball reference war, Corey Seager, 21.3. Carlos Correa, 34.1. Yeah. Um, yes, I, his negotiating position got quite a lot stronger. And he's also one of these guys, rookie of the year, all-star, platinum glove and former first overall pick that just has that kind of pedigree that we've spoken about before. That he's, often... he's, he's a year younger than Seeker as well, actually. Right. I mean, yeah. it's sort of weird how this works because it could be that he's like a month a month older or, or a month different. But um, Oh no, it's 200 days. It's 200 days at the gap between them, roughly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm expecting him to get big, big money. Um, and actually, we could use this because uh, um, he was linked with the Tigers, wasn't he? Heavily, heavily linked with the Tigers. Um, and who, maybe they'll get him as well. Actually, who knows? Um, but they ended up signing uh, Javier Baez instead. Yeah, you can go Six first years, on this one. One hundred and forty million. I mean, I'm I'm currently on your uh, your off-season grades piece, and as you you pointed out straight away, since 2018, he was the 97th best hitter in baseball. Yes, um, it's a lot of money, isn't it? That and um, years. I mean, basically, you're paying for flashy defense and the occasional massive home run. 
you're very yeah. reliant on how occasional those home, home runs are, aren't you? You're very, very reliant yeah. on how occasional they are. Because he has had periods for the Cubs where he's just been bad, hasn't he, as well? When he first went to the Mets, he really stung the place out. Um, and the defense was, I think it was 2019, he was like the best defensive player by outs above average by an absolute mile, like like 50% better than anyone else. It was ridiculous. But he wasn't quite as special defensively in 2021. Um, and that some of that's just going to be variability, isn't it? And like things happen. Not He's not going to be in decline defensively or anything, but that deal takes him a long way into his 30s. And this is someone who relies on athleticism to a degree. Yeah. And, um, and raw sort of power, um, bat speed. Those things drop off and you could be in for a really, really ugly contract towards the back end of that. Just try and work that. What is that? So that is, it's like 22-ish. That's more than that a year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it, as well? Because when you're that kind of, uh, that sort of franchise as well, where they're trying to come out of a rebuild. Is he? Is that the big signing that puts you over the top? I don't know. If they'd got Correa, oh, that's a big statement. I mean, this is a statement of some kind, but I don't know if it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, you know. that's a good way to put it. I the Correa getting Correa as well. Like they have enough. Like yeah. I mean, anyone could get Correa and make a space. He should be in any team, but they could they could obviously make those two their two middle infielders next year. And then it changes how I feel about that deal a bit because I think that takes them to like they're definitely going to compete in 2022. My thing with Byers is he can be, I mean, 4.5 B war last year. He can be a really effective player now. He's not my kind of player, but I just also think that part of the reason the things I don't love about his game are also the things that could make you that he doesn't age that well. And that's when like six years starts to worry you. And it's like, well, he, you better be competing at the start of this. You better yeah, be good next year. And I if they get the Correa, then it. you can kind of believe yeah. that a bit more. It's almost like, I don't know, say the Astros or something, sign him for that contract. I mean, he's not an Astros sort of player at all. Um, but, you know, someone that's good at the moment and maybe they're coming like towards the end or, or you know, a lot of their players are getting older or going to free agency like Correa just has. Um, but the Tigers, when they're trying to come out of a rebuild, a lot of the time you have a couple of runs at it that are just like, yeah, this doesn't work. You know, they're just, like they say they're coming out of rebuild. You sign the big free agents and it takes a couple of years for it to actually click. They're young pitchers just players. like... Yeah. Just like they, a couple of them just have a bad year, like like young pitchers do. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that, that one's written off. And it's like, until they're, they're not at, this is like the start of them trying to be good. By the time, unless it all goes completely smoothly, which could happen, and they're really good this year. Um, but what I'd expect is by the time they're sort of at their peak, he's going to be like 32, 33. 
and he might maybe he doesn't drop off like i'm suggesting like that i might be wrong on that it's just i feel like his game has a greater risk for that to happen there's not that that baseline you know where yeah like is there is a chance in the by the time he's 34 some of the reactions have gone and it's just like okay this is like maybe a solid defender in the middle infield and just like a way below average hitter because he's not walking he's not getting he's he's hitting the ball out of the ballpark but he's only if he only does it 15 times in a year he's a horrible player at the plate yeah exactly yeah he needs huge power numbers to be valuable yeah and i think the so the reason the reason you can kind of try and like this is either Correa or other big additions like i mean i, I don't think it's that like they re-signed castellanos or anything like that but they do some more stuff that gives their lineup a look of like yeah that could be a playoff team and then you look at their division is like, well the guardians are once again trying to not spend any money on players um the royals don't really know what they're doing um and then it's like well the white Sox don't look unbeatable right now no like, like they could win their division like, sure why not but for this very moment you just feel like well if Byers is your what is your big guy and you're not getting another one then i start to think yeah that that offense yeah. isn't going to be able to win it's the white Sox really is what they're looking to up against isn't it yeah i think and it's like yeah Byers is your big signing. I, it, I don't think it does that at all. I think the White Sox are still firmly favourites. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Let's have a look. Let's go back to the list of deals. Uh, we've got Taylor and Stroman. Taylor back to the Dodgers, Stroman to the Cubs. Um, and then lots of other smaller deals that have happened along the way, like... Um, Lurie Garcia going back to the White Sox. James Paxton and Rich Hill both went to the Red Sox, which is interesting. Yeah, Doing kind a, of a, a budget weird, rotation. Yeah, that's a bit like um, it's not what the Giants did last year, isn't it? Yep. Yep, a team that's sort of trying to be competitive, but not that committed to being good. They're willing to <laughs> spend a load of money. Um, that Yeah, that's basically where the Red Sox are, isn't it? After letting Rodriguez go for all that money as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. The Paxton thing. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's going to be back. But I thought he was just sort of injured too much now. He seems to be one of these pitchers that the theory of him is great. Yeah. And even without the injuries, it's that he's often pitching either through something or he's still working his way back. Or even when he does pitch, it's not quite as good as the people seem to remember how he was. Does that, that happens in sport, doesn't it? Yeah. Actually, being injured is the best I mean, thing that can happen for your he, reputation. Did he, was it a no hitter or a perfect game? Can't remember. Well, in um, Seattle, yeah. Yeah, was it in Seattle or did he? It was in Toronto, I think. That's what he's I thought. Yeah, that's what I think. He's Canadian, and he was in Toronto when he was playing for Seattle. Yeah. And got his like maple leaf tattoo out or something. Yeah. And then since then, everyone's like, "Oh, well, like, well, not everyone, but you know, there, there is this sort of idea." Sometimes. You've been watching oh, yeah, your uh, moments, haven't you, in between innings on MLB TV? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that one's been on there for a while, but yeah, that used to be. That was on a lot, though, for a quite a long period. All the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's sort of since then, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Sort of slight myth around him. And yeah, 
it's, it's basically been a long time since it's been that good. The so myth, I, guess why I think myth is a little bit harsh. He's he's still a yeah. 114 ERA plus for his career. It's just, yeah. yeah, you're right. It's been a long time since he's been that um, that reliably, basically. So it's 2018 when he had the complete uh, no-hitter. Oh, I didn't realise this. Some of this is to do with that he was a high prospect again. I mean, not really high, but he was 52 before the 2012 season with Baseball America. Okay. That is often what you find. If we, if you see a player, there's a lot of belief that that person's going to be awesome, and then you look at their record, and it's like, oh, there's no, there's nothing in this lengthy career to suggest they are that awesome. It's often that, isn't it? It's so, often yeah. that they were a prospect. They were a top 100 prospect for a few years in a row. Yeah, and everyone got a bit giddy about it, and then, and then it's not quite panned out. He's had a decent enough career. Um, it just yeah. be, it would be really interesting to see how he comes back from injury, though. Yeah, he's the guy that. Yeah, it's like if there's, if you get him back, which is just I just don't see it, him really being like properly back, how he was. Um, but if you do, it's like yeah, it's really good value. It's like he's a really high strikeout. Like usually gives you a chunk of innings when he's not injured. The upside is high with an Eovaldi, Sale, Rich Hill, Paxton. Oh, yeah. Not a That's lot of innings point, in actually. there. Not yeah. a lot of innings, but there's a world where that is like incredibly dominant. A world like what, like like four years ago or something, probably. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a long time ago, but you know that we've seen that sort of stuff happen, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting how they're doing it. It's one of those. I think it comes down a lot to the coaching, doesn't it? Really, with that is. I think how you the, management the right of workload as well. Like we yeah. know Rich Hill's not going to pitch a lot of innings. I'd imagine Sale is going to be wrapped up in cotton wool. Eovaldi's the same really, isn't he? Um, to a degree. I mean, not as much as some of these guys right now. And Paxton coming off injury is like, you don't know. This is a really interesting contract, by the way. Yeah. For Paxton. Six million in 2022. Um, 13 million club option in 2023. Oh, okay. That's like what I was talking about, but that's sort of you, the player gets a bit of benefit as well. But if like, the club if decline it, to... yeah, he then gets a 4 million player option. So if he's like really bad oh, next okay. year, or he gets hurt again, he can stay on for 2023. And if Boston picks up the 2023 one, they then have another option at 13 million. I think it's 13 million for 2024. Oh, so okay. there is. So it's basically it's high upside for Boston. If they, if he does manage to come back and be good, they've got him for like three years. At yeah. Like a budget price. Yeah. I really like that actually from that point of view. You yeah, only get nice... to see though. Yeah, that might have been a bit harsh. Yeah. Now I've now I yeah now I understand that contract. I actually quite like that deal. My only question I've with it is just like it. there's a there's a chance he's he's cooked and then yeah. it's well you've just paid ten million for. Like zero. Yeah. yeah, that is the thing. I mean, he's, he's been out for a while, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, but I guess it's sort of the thing is they're also sort of doing the same thing with Chris Sale, where he's, he's been out for ages. Came back, was quite good last year, wasn't he, when he came back? But it's like, is he going to be able to, you know, be the guy that you can lean on again? 
huge amount of risk in their rotation right now. But yeah, it so makes, it's like, I mean, might as well add some more, I suppose. I guess it's fun team to watch. That yeah, I I kind of get that logic actually. Is where is you can either go we need reliability next to them, or it's like we're already taking a risk. If Sale yeah. is just nowhere near who he was, then shrug anyway. Like it's not good. Yeah. What if we go for this option where the range is enormous? Like there's a chance none of our starters pitch or any innings yeah. next year. But then also if like a couple of them pan out. I mean, like, Eovaldi is probably a bit more reliable, isn't he? Because he's been good as well recently. He is these days, yeah. Yeah, so you imagine, okay, so say you have Eovaldi, it's probably going to be pretty good. You know, not super elite. And then one of Paxton or Sale is like back. Like a couple of months in the season, it's like, yeah, they're just rolling. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's we've got a decent top two. And then the perfect world, they both come back and it's like, oh my God, that top three of the rotation could then be ridiculous. They're going to, assuming next season happens, they're going to be a really interesting team to watch early in the year because you fill up with yeah. this stuff. There's a good chance you're going to know by May like which yeah. one of those scenarios you're in, I think. Yeah, okay. Um, Should we move on? Because that was a lot of time on, on James Paxton. Yes, yeah, quite a <laughs> random deal, isn't it? It's not, not really one of the headlines, but... Well, it was funky, though. It was yeah. I, I like that it was different. Yeah. Um, Chris Taylor? Chris thoughts? Taylor. Chris Taylor to Dodgers. Back to the Dodgers. I mean, probably quite a good deal, isn't it? It's a little bit boring. Just. I think they were very likely to pay him once Seager went. Yeah. They've had a lot of money come off the books. Still, We still don't know what's happening with Kershaw, but his money's come off. Janssen's money has come off for now. Um, Seager, they're not going to be paying him. Keep one of their guys. Yeah. Basically, since he's been Fine. a Dodger, he's one of these guys. It's like, yeah, he's just every year he plays basically every position on the field and is like a slightly above average hitter usually. Yeah. That's um, good, isn't it? That is good. So, yeah, just. Yeah. Why not? I suppose. I don't have much more to add on that, really. Yeah. He's. He basically has a bit of power, not a lot of power. He's just sort of like a, a decent hitter, but the versatility is a huge thing for the Dodgers, it's really, really, isn't it? It's like that is what they've built this whole um, thing on. Well, the, yeah. the 10-year winning streak that has just ended. And with, um, yeah, the one actually one thing I would add is it's, again, that needs to be qualified by the fact that the Dodgers spending that contract on that player is for yeah. a lot of smaller franchises giving Chris Taylor 15 million a year is would yeah. be reckless and like you just find one of those players it's, it's the Dodgers just keeping yeah keeping a guy on the roster so it's not got complete turnover this year because there's a lot of guys leaving as you say yeah there's like some he's, teams... he's probably one of the cheaper ones to keep yeah and there's some teams that their whole committed money next year is barely is like barely more than that than he's getting per year but for the Dodgers I mean who cares they, they don't care yeah. I don't care how much money they're spending um, yeah that's already fine another one, is, another one that's just like a lot of his value is playing centre field and um, short stop and stuff and he is that contract takes him to his 35 for one yeah but because he, at least he played the other positions though so he can just become a yeah. utility infielder if he needs to yeah um yeah, we've got a little bit of time. 
Strowman. Just quickly, yeah, Strowman. I mean, this is, I didn't expect him to go to the Cubs. We were talking about this before this happened, didn't we? Of like, you're looking at, um, who else is on the market? I mean, it's like Kershaw's on the market still. There was Carlos Rodon still on the market. Yeah. Is Grenka free agent? Yep. Yeah, and we're talking about basically there's sort of uncertainties over all those, like Kershaw's had injuries. Um, Rodon is, was really good last year before that wasn't very good. Even last year, I think there was a bit of inconsistency. Um, but like Strowman seemed like he's just the guy that he's, okay, he's not elite very often. But he's just, he's been good and you, for a very long time. So he's like, you know, I mean, he's had 2018, wasn't great. But a lot of the rest of it, yeah, he's, he's just been like a really good solid pitcher, not high strikeouts. He'll give you innings and without giving up that many runs, which is, is pretty good in baseball. Yeah, that's um, the that's the general concept, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know, just him going to the Cubs is a bit surprising because the Cubs have sort of given up. I like that, though. I like to see a rebuilder doing this um, because it's a short deal. Yeah. Um, they're obviously not going to be competing anytime soon, but they've potentially got an awesome trade chip. So he's got yeah. three years, just to clear up, three years, 71 million. 48 million is in the first two years. That's a really high value across those two years compared to what Ray and Gaussman got. Um, and then he can opt out after that second year. But that means they could trade him 2022 deadline, 2022 offseason or 23 deadline. There's potentially three opportunities yeah. to trade him, um, which is what you should be doing. And they're just basically paying money for the chance to do that. And a guy to just pitch some innings for them, I guess. Because these rebuilding teams do need to get people out, don't they? At some point. Otherwise, yeah. their games never finish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's basically, yeah, he's the, the only value to them, really, is the trade chip. In that sense, is they're not really going to be, I don't know, expecting to be particularly competitive during those three years. Um, but, yeah, it does sort of work as a quite a tradable contract. Particularly if they then pay some of the money. Yeah, he's also um, he is only he doesn't turn thirty one until next May, so May twenty two. He could, if he opts out after two, he could get another big deal. That's why I like it from his side. Uh, where Ray and Gaussman, who, like you mentioned, have less of this career track record, both went for the five years, pretty much as much money as they could get. It seems Strowman's kind of. People call it betting on himself. Is sort of that. He's still got a lot of money guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, if his um, arm blows up, yeah, he's still got seventy-one million dollars. So yeah, so I love the balance for him as well. Yeah, is he? He's still got like the mega, mega payday, but you know he can go again, and he also could get traded to a contender. Like, you don't know. So I've I found that a really yeah an intriguing deal to be honest, because yeah, as as you mentioned it. Wasn't something I expected the Cubs to be doing at all. No, yeah, it's, I quite like that. Yeah, as you say, it's, it makes sense to do that when you're rebuilding. When you have a load of money's just come off the books, instead of just not spending it, you can use it to actually try and increase your chances in the future by basically buying trade chips. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we um, need to wrap up, don't we? Yeah, we really do. Um, I'll just very quickly run through the uh, remaining big free agents. 
Freeman, Correa, Bryant, Story, Schwarber, Castellanos, Conforto, Cruz, Rodon, Kershaw, Greinke, and Janssen are the biggest ones left. I mean, even even just that on its own, if we hadn't had all the stuff that's already happened, that is a ridiculous free agency class. Yeah, we've got a lot to go when the lockout finishes. Yeah, if it does. Or who knows? I mean, we'll probably do another one anyway at some point um, soon. Maybe maybe not that soon due to the lockout. I don't know. But um, look out for when uh, when we do another one. Yes. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening this long to our just opinions about free agency. And um, we'll speak to you next time. Bye. Bye.